to this week's episode of The Master Pots. This is a short podcast series that gives master students a chance to talk about their research. My name is Laura, and I'm very excited to be back with my first guest after a long and well-deserved summer vacation. Uh, my interview partner today is Lotta, and in her thesis, she focused on climate change communication and a phenomenon called ap apocalypse fatigue. Hi, Lotta. How are you doing? I'm well, thank you. Um, I mean, I introduced your research very briefly, and I think I mentioned like the two most important words, um, but maybe you can briefly tell us all what your thesis is about. Yeah, sure. So I, I researched climate change communication, but since that is a very, very broad topic, uh, and there's actually not much research out there for effective communication specifically for climate change. So I focused on a model uh, by Paris and Stockness, and they're specifically about how doom and distance phrasing of a message For example, if I tell you climate change is very threatening and will probably devastate the earth in 50 years or something, but it's happening in 50 years and it's happening on the other side of the planet to other people. And maybe that's not certain at all, like that phrasing, what that does with people. So whether it actually is able to evoke attitude change or behavior change. Uh, and on the other hand, whether people remember more or less from messages that tell you climate change is a threat and very far away, or whether it's very, very close to you. Like if I tell you climate change will threaten your house in a year or something. That's so interesting. And I also feel like it's been very, like a lot of um, communication material has been out in the media over the past year because of Fridays for Future oh, yes. and everybody paying more attention to the entire topic. So I'm very interested yes. to hear your results. Um, <laughs> But first, let's get to know you a little bit better. And I'll ask you a couple of quick personal questions. Um, try to keep your answers as short as possible. Okay. Uh, so where do you call home? Uh, Germany, mostly. Um, parts of Sweden, my Swedish family, uh, wherever my family is, and my tiny house. That's true. Lotta has a tiny house uh, that is currently standing in Sweden. Um, which I think is very impressive that you did and also very sustainable. So you're really doing the entire thing. Yes, I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> What is your educational background? Uh, I have a bachelor in psychology and two master degrees, one in sustainable development and one in social psychology. Also very impressive. Um, what is your primary focus in sustainable development? Oh, yeah, I think that would be like primary focus, uh, consumer behavior change. And like everything concerning individual change. And that's also part of your thesis, right? Yes, exactly. What was the best way to deal with the thesis breakdown if you had one? Uh, I had multiple ones, but since they <laughs> coincided with Corona, uh, mostly stuff that got me out of Corona boredom. So building nature. I bought a hammock, put it on the terrace. So whenever Perfect. I couldn't write, I just like had a lazy day, listened to the birds. Oh, that sounds very relaxing. Yes. What's the piece of advice for future master thesis writers? Uh, pick your topic very, very wisely because you will be stuck with it for at least half a year. And oh, if you're not 100% interested, it's going to be a nightmare. So like, worst, like, either go for the topic or the supervisor and ideally both. Yeah, that's a very good tip. And your favorite sustainability tool That can be a book or a podcast or whatever comes to mind. I think that would be people, actually. Like, I'm, I'm not much of a reader. I can read if I have to, like, 
I studied psychology. Um, <laughs> but like, ideally, I like to talk about stuff with people and really get the exchange. Like, after all, I'm specialized in individual change. So that's true. <laughs> And I mean, then that was the perfect master for you, right? Talking oh, yeah. to so many people with different uh, degrees and different insights into sustainability. Absolutely. All right. Last question. Do you have a sustainability tip? Like for me, it's it's a lifestyle thing. So once you decide to make a change, just do the small things. Like don't try to change everything at the same time, but just go for details. Go for I'm, I'm eating less meat this week. And I'm going to see if I can continue that next week. But don't try to stop eating meat, for example, just at the same time. That's too much. Also, this is a psychological recommendation. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's good that we have you on the podcast yes. today. Um, but I think that's a very good tip because oftentimes people feel so overwhelmed. You know, don't eat meat, don't fly, don't buy, you know, H&M clothes. But Like a small thing goes a long way, right? Yeah. And the big thing is never feasible. Like even for me, after years now, I, I don't fly. I live in my tiny house and so on. And I have been vegetarian for 18 years. But wow. it's it's not feasible at the same time. Like you have to do it step by step. Otherwise, even people very, very motivated will feel numb. Yeah. Yeah, I understand that. Okay, let's dive into your research. Um, to start with, what is the main problem that you're solving with your research and how are you solving it? Did you use any specific tools, software, surveys, assessments? Okay, so um, the main problem that I choose to go for is like, if you imagine there are multiple paths to sustainable development or to stop climate change, um, like one that is very much focused on this industry, one is policy change and so on. But I, as I already introduced, uh, I'm focusing on how can we change the household? How can we change the individual? Uh, and like everybody on like for Germany, for example, that's like 80 million people. Um, how can we make everybody of them like join the movement? And to do that, uh, I focused on how to communicate climate change to them. So they feel empowered to do that. But there is no methodology out there, so I developed one, and that would be my tool, I guess, um, and to check whether doom and distance phrasing have an influence on attitude change and on the knowledge of people after being exposed to my study. I developed first text, and then I pilot tested them, and then I made them into little videos. That would be my tool. Okay, and then you send out these videos to people and ask for their reaction. Yeah, no, I um, I made a survey, a free survey, in which I used scales, like, again, psychology, very, very specific. Um, the pre-survey had, like, social demographic questions, the usual stuff that helped me to check if my sample is randomized. And then a um, it's called the Climate Change Attitude Survey, uh, which is pre-developed by other researchers. Uh, so I had a like pre-intervention attitude. And then they have been exposed to the video, like watching it on YouTube, which was embedded in the survey. And then afterwards, they answered the same survey again. So statistically, mm -hmm. I could analyze whether there is an attitude change. Mm -hmm. And to check whether their knowledge was different depending on their experimental group, I uh, made up eight multiple choice questions for like eight different ones for every experimental condition that they had to answer and then compared whether the recallability was different in a specific condition. Now I'm very interested in your findings. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, findings. Um, it's quite interesting because I found very, very significant effects for recallability. But um, yeah, which means that they're able to. Yeah, they they, they were actually able to uh, recall more when I presented climate change as very threatening and very mm -hmm. far away, which also aligns with the literature that says that mm -hmm. um, if like it's called um, fear learning, if I put you under stress and tell you this is like relevant to your survival, which is a basic evolutionary mm -hmm. process, then you recall what I tell you because it could be relevant for you. Like in comparison, right. if I tell you, yeah, this, this might be relevant, you don't pay much attention to it. Okay. But this is interesting because it's actually going against the phenomenon that I tested, apocalypse fatigue, mm -hmm. which is relatively new and under-researched, which is the reason why I concentrated on it. Um, and it actually um, describes a phenomenon that means that if I tell you the world's going to end like very, very drastically in the distant future, then people feel numb. Mm -hmm. and really feel like desensitized to the information don't want sometimes even don't want to deal with the information source any longer so if i tell you go vegan over a long mm -hmm. long period you might avoid me at all because you don't mm -hmm. feel like this is feasible so actually the the recall results would say no actually it's good to phrase it very threatening and very distant but like knowledge of course is not Attitude, right? And what we yeah. are aiming for in sustainable development is to change people's attitudes. So uh, unfortunately, there I couldn't find main effects. Mm -hmm. But I had a very small sample and very limited uh, methodology since this was really explorative and nobody has done this specific stuff before. Mm -hmm. So um, I can't really tell you that you should phrase climate change yeah. threatening or very distant. Um, but I can tell you that knowledge is not attitude change. Or only if fraction translates into attitude change. So you don't really have a recommendation for, say, a marketing director who's trying to figure out how to phrase um, tweets or Instagram captions and what to use. Well, no, there would be more, like not a lot more research needs to be conducted on this. Um, but what I can recommend, not from my thesis, but from the, the whole bunch of years of studies that I've done, um, is to do specific interventions and really look for people, ideally with a social psychology background. Because what we can do is, um, it's called intervention development, mm -hmm. which is like a specific focus of the master that I've done in the Netherlands. Uh, in social psychology, uh, which really gives you the, the tools to understand the problem, like, for example, how to phrase it for a marketing uh, director, and then look, like, who's the target group? What is the interest of this target group? It's very closely relinked to what most advertising people are doing, but mm -hmm. with a background in understanding human behavior. That's so interesting. Yes, it Did is. Did you en <laughs> encounter any specific challenges in your research? Um, the first one would be that there was no methodology, so I had to develop yeah. it, uh, which took me a lot longer than I anticipated. I thought I would just do four simple texts and that's it. <laughs> Turned out uh, operationalizing doom and distance in texts is quite a challenge because, of course, I can't just say, like, coral reefs are dying. What's the, what's the European yeah. equivalent to that that's close to the people? That's yeah. the Warden Sea, but the Warden Sea is not the same than coral reefs, right? <laughs> yeah. So uh, I actually spent, I think, four months on that and then oh, wow. pilot tested it to see if it's doom and distant. And then it turned out that people were 
not very willing, like the pilot sample, to read uh, like 50 to 20 minute text about climate change with yeah. a couple of pictures in it. So then we had to hire an actor and make recordings and put them on YouTube and embed them on the survey. And That's yeah. That's insane. Yes. It's been a lot of work. Um, do you do you know if your research will be of use to anybody else or do you want to build on this research that you uh, conducted now? Yeah, I will definitely build on it. Like um, I've also in parallel have been helping a friend or like cooperating in um, her thesis in the development of a climate change escape game. Yes, that will also be part of this podcast. Yes, I think in two weeks. So I'm sort of teasing that now. Yes. <laughs> um, so like one idea is to overcome these this apocalypse fatigue, if it's a thing, which my data indicates but can't support yet. Um, then how can we overcome that? Because we have mm -hmm. to tell people, like ethically, we are obliged to tell them how bad it is. We can't mm -hmm. just make up happy, nice stories for people mm -hmm. to feel empowered, right? Yeah. So one idea would be to overcome this by gamification, by what psychology calls entertainment education, by making yeah. people playfully play around with this fear and therefore develop their their perception of they can do something about it, which in psychology is called self-efficacy. Um, so we're actually going to uh, continue both with our research and going to, in the end, hopefully, uh, write a scientific paper about the comparison of like written written word communication and entertainment education, which also hasn't and been done before. Hopefully come back on the master pots and tell you about the findings. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, first we have to figure out how to compare that to each other because it's uh, statistically challenging. Right. Good luck. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, what drove your interest in this particular topic? You mentioned a little your background in, in psychology. So I guess it came from that. Yes, exactly. And like specifically trying to find a topic that combines sustainability and psychology, because this was actually a double thesis I've been uh, writing um, in my two master programs in Uppsala for sustainable development and in Utrecht for social psychology. So I had to find a topic that combines both and can stand alone in one field without compromising the other. And then since I'm very interested in uh, consumer behavior change and all the theories are constantly discussed and nobody can really decide on which factors are relevant, this is apparently only possible in the situation, which is why I recommended this intervention development specifically for a specific problem. Um, but communication could be an overarching tool. It could mm -hmm. be an umbrella that works for every situation or like at least has like small advantages in specific situations, even though it can't drive the whole context. So I think it's a very, very promising path to sustainable development and to make people feel like they can do something. If we can just communicate, it doesn't even have to be big. It can just be local newspapers, podcasts, mm. radio shows, whatever. Mm. That's, that's very true. Um, so that was my last question regarding your thesis. Before we leave, my final question is one that we're asking to every person that comes on the podcast. And mm -hmm. I'm excited about this question because I kind of miss studying and being in Uppsala. So oh, yeah, maybe you can tell me what your favorite memory was of your time studying there or even the most valuable skill you feel you learned in your Master of Sustainable Development. Favorite memory... I don't, I, I don't really have one specific memory, I would say, but like every morning coming to class and knowing that there's a 
a combination of knowledge in there. And like, there will be discussions. There's not just swallowing content, like as psychology, unfortunately, mostly does being like, this is what we learn. And so we learn it. But there was always um, controversy. There was nothing really set in stone, but it's always so vibrant and moving and energetic. And yeah, I think the, the skill that I actually learned out of that is to deal with different disciplines and to listen more carefully and not just be like, I know my way around, but being a way that uh, aware that even even if I might be the psychology expert, there might be people out there who have more experience in mm. a specific field of my field. Like, I think I learned um, that psychologists are actually quite arrogant sometimes <laughs> <laughs> and very rely on uh, their knowledge, but that if I really want to learn and really want to do my part, which is after all my ultimate life goal, then I have to listen and I have to take whatever knowledge, whatever skill is out there from whoever has it. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you for joining us on the Masterpods, Lata. Very welcome. Happy to be here. Best of luck for your future. And I'm looking forward to seeing how you research and how the game and the article and everything um, develops. Yes, we're going to be back for part two and three of the series. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye. This podcast was produced by Laura Messner, Rachel Gradin, and Olivier Rostal. This episode was hosted and edited by Laura Messner, and we would like to thank today's guest, um, Carlotta Harms, for sharing her research with us. A big final thanks goes out to Jacob Rosin for providing us with the funky beats. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. We'll be posting new episodes every Wednesday. If you want to talk about your research or know someone who you think should present theirs, please feel free to shoot us a message. We'll see you next week. Goodbye, everyone.